0: Good morning, church family, welcome to the Lord's house. Will you stand with us? Let's worship together.
1: There we are. Everyone doing all right? Good. It's so good to see you guys. We've been praying for you all week. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. God's given us a beautiful day to enter His courts with praise, and you guys have already started doing an amazing job at it. So we're so thankful that you're here today. Uh, if you're a guest, uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, we want to welcome you to our church, and we want to get to know you. So right after service, I will be personally out these back doors uh, to greet you. Um, you could pr- fill out the little connect card in the chair back in front of you. Um, that way we can kind of get your your information, and then we be, again, we will be able to meet you right back there and tell you all about our church and what's going on during the week. We love you guys, and again, we've been praying for you very specifically this week that God has been working and moving your life from this past Sunday, but then even more so what he's about to present for us th- today. Uh, it's really special. Today's a really special Sunday and, I, and really, really good. And I know God has some great things for us. So we hope that you came expecting great things and be taught some awesome stuff. So I'm going to invite you all to stand right now. We're going to ask God's anointing on our services today. So good to see you guys. Let's pray. Lord, I love you, and again, I'm so thankful and grateful that we can be here together this morning in your house to lift up praises to you and to be able to learn from you, God. Lord, prepare our hearts for today's message, because it's an awesome one, God. You have something truly remarkable for us today. So, Lord, I pray that our hearts and our lives are ready to receive it, God. Lord, we have so many families in our church right now that are hurting, that are mourning, some losses and stuff, and, and Lord, I just want to Pray especially for them right now, Lord. Give them a special peace this morning, Uh, calm their spirits and their souls. God, I know they're weary and I know they're tired, but Lord, we just lift them up to you, God, because you love them and you care for them, and you want them to know that you're holding them close. As for the rest of us, God, I know a lot of us bring a lot of different uh, baggage and stuff into into here each week. God, Lord, again, restore our souls so we can be a soul on fire, running for you in a really strong and passionate way. God, help us to always burn for you. Lord, increase our faith this morning. Encourage us and help us grow and to become the people that you want us to be, God. We love you. And again, thank you for bringing us back together. In your name, amen. Greet those around you, and we'll get right back to worship in just a few moments.
0: to you. Psalm 100 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God, is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. And bless his name, for the Lord is good, and his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Amen. Amen. So make a joyful noise. Let's serve him with gladness. Come into his courts with praise. You might say, well, why should we have joy? You know, Angie, you don't know the week I've had. I don't really feel like being joyful. I mean, and that may describe some of you this morning. Let me remind you of a few reasons. Just in the bridge of this next song called House of the Lord, listen to what it says. We were the beggars, but now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. We were chained in bondage and sin, but now we are running free. We are forgiven. We are accepted. We are redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. So let's send up a joyful song of praise to him this morning, right now, in the house of the Lord.
2: Stay still. i oh.
3: prayer. Father God, I love you. I thank you for your many blessings. Dear Lord, as we come together today to worship your name, be together with our friends and believers, Lord, I pray that your spirit will move among us. Lord, let us be aware that you are here. Lord, I pray that for every person in, in this congregation today, Lord, there's something here for everyone today. And I pray that you can minister to each one of us through our pastor. And Lord, I pray that you will help us each one to follow you and let you guide and direct our lives. Lord, I thank you again for all you've done for us. And I, I pray and I pray that you will continue to go with us this week. Lord, help us to be a light in our community for you. In your precious name I pray, amen.
4: praise team a big hand. They, well, they do a phenomenal job. Appreciate them so much in their uh, love for the Lord and uh, leading us in worship. Everybody good? Yes. Second Sunday of 2023, are y'all making it? Okay. I was tabulating the count there. Eight of you are doing good. So uh, l- last week I challenged you to read it with me in 23. The the challenge has been thrown out, and I'm really inviting you to join me as we read through the Bible this year. Uh, If you haven't gotten started yet, the good news is it's only January the 8th, all right? You can catch up, so please jump right into it, and let's make that commitment that we're going to read the Bible through in 2023. I want to do a series through the rest of this month about the Bible. Because this is a very interesting book. This book is like no other book that's ever been written. This is literally God speaking to us. And so when I open up my Bible, no matter what translation I'm reading out of, or if I'm doing it off of my phone, literally God leaps off of the page and he starts speaking to my heart. And God wants to speak to your heart. More than anything else in the world today, God wants to speak to you. So Join me every Sunday through the month of January as we look at different aspects of the Word of God. Today I'm going to talk about my Bible and me and the fact that God wants to speak directly to me. Our key verse for this entire series is Luke chapter 8 verse 8 where Jesus cries out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So what's he talking about when he says that? He's saying, hey, you need to be tuned in to me. And today I want you to understand that more than anything else, God wants to speak to you. But in order for that to happen, you've got to be tuned in to the Lord. Now, here at Kavanaugh Church, we have what I would consider to be the the best, the best security team that any church has. You know, it's a shame that a church has to have a security team, but if you have to have one, we've got a great one, all right? And in the day that we live, it is imperative that you know when you come into this room you're going to be safe and that your kids and grandkids are safe over in the kids' territory. And they are because we have a well-trained army that is our security team. Jason, how do we know that these guys are well-trained? Well, because Ron Brown trained them. And uh, Ron, Ron is the, the retired sheriff of Crawford County. And let me tell you, if you can sheriff in Crawford County, you're the best. Right? Are you with me? And so all these guys have, have gone through training with Ron, and we've got an amazing team. Uh, we have a team that, that uh, takes care of the 9 o'clock service, a different team that takes care of this 1030 service. They're out and about right now. They're out in the parking lot taking care of the, the, the security out there. They're, they're all through the building. They're, they're watching over us as I speak. We have security cameras all over this campus, and there's somebody in the security room right now viewing and watching all of those cameras just to keep you safe. Now, the way they ca- stay in contact with each other is this little device right here. I, d- I don't know the new technical term for this. I call it a walkie-talkie. How many of y'all had one of these back in when you was a kid, right? Yeah, man, they're a lot of fun. Uh, this is the new improved model, walkie-talkie. So all these guys have them, and, and you can tell they're a security team member because they'll have this attached to their belt, and then they got a wire, Ron, a wire coming out that goes to their ear, and then it's clipped on right here, the lapel, and, and you might see them in the hallway. Kind of like the FBI or CIA or Secret <laughs> Service. Or, uh, there's Brother Will. He's walking into the sanctuary. All eyes on Brother Will, <laughs> Now, for them to keep in contact with each other, it is imperative that they do two things when they get their radio. Number one, they've got to turn it on. <laughs> it's no good to them if they don't have it turned on. It's kind of like Barney Fife's bullet. And it's, yeah, yeah, okay. So they got to turn it on. The second thing they have to do is tune it in. Two things are impaired. Turn it on, tune it in. There's different channels on here, and they have to be on the correct channel. They have to have it tuned in to the proper channel. Right, Ron? Say, I could pass that test, couldn't I? Breaker Breaker, uh, (laughs) security team. Pastor Will in here. wonder if uh, Jim Finley has his ears on
2: loud and clear, yellow
4: smoke. Uh, Brother Jim, what's your 1020?
2: I'm in the security room.
4: 10-4. I'm here at the pulpit. All hearts and minds are clear in here. (laughs)
2: 10-4.
4: Brother Jim, we just want you to know, uh, all the security team, we just want to thank you for the great job that you're doing. You're going to hear it from the congregation right now as we give you a big round of applause. Over and out. <laughs> I, t- I told Angie I was going to do that this morning. Here's here's what Miss Angie told me: Don't do anything stupid. <laughs> uh, I think I was pretty stupid right there. But you know, it, br- it bring back those CB days. How many of y'all had a CB radio? All right, let's let's bring the CBs back. All right. The point is, God has already given you everything you need to hear Him. We were made in His image. Unlike any other created being, animals can't talk to God, animals can't hear from God, but we can because we have been made in the very image of God. The Bible says that you have everything you need to tune in to the Lord. And Jesus told us a story about how we can tune in to God. It's found in several of the Gospels. It is the parable of the sower. And I want to read that parable to you today and make application for you to be able to tune in to what God is saying to you. We're going to read the story out of Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, beginning in verse number 5. It says, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some of the seed fell by the wayside. And it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock. And as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among the thorns or the weeds, and the thorns sprang up with it, and they choked it out. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The disciples came back and said, Jesus, we don't understand the parable. Explain it to us. And so he explains it in verse number 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who when they hear, receive the word with? And these have no root, who believe for a while, and then when temptation comes, they fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares, the riches, and the pleasures of life. And they bring no fruit into maturity." But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it, and they bear fruit with patience. Amen? God bless his word. What's Jesus talking about here? Well, Jesus says, here's a farmer in ancient Palestine going out to sow seed. He's not planting seed, one seed at a time. No, he's broadcasting the seed. So there's a bag around his waist. He's reaching his hand in, grabbing a handload of seed, and then he's just tossing the seed out over the ground. The seed, he says, falls on different types of soil. And depending on the type of soil that the seed lands on, it's going to get an entirely different response. Now again, fortunately, in this same chapter, Jesus explains the story. He said, the sower is anyone who goes out and is sowing the seed. So this morning, that's what I'm doing. I'm I'm sowing seed. I'm just broadcasting seed out. When you tell somebody about Jesus, that's what you're doing. You're sowing the seed. When you explain God's word to someone, you're sowing the seed. And the seed itself is the word of God. For our application today it is God's Word for you this is what God wants to say to you and the four different soils represent the four different types of hearts that we can have when we hear the Word of God four different responses and we're going to look at those four different responses today because we want to hear from God and in order for us to hear from God Our hearts have to be the right kind of soil. So let's look at how we prepare to hear God's voice. Number one, if you want to hear God speak to you, you must first cultivate an open heart and an open mind. What does that mean? Well, it means that you are receptive, that you are willing, open, and ready to hear when God speaks to you. I think the number one barrier from hearing God speak to you is resistance the person who says I don't think I need to hear God speak or I don't think God can speak or God is not going to speak to me there are so many people who are even closed to the possibility that God might speak to them if you don't think God can speak to you or is going to speak to you guess what (laughs) he's not going to It's amazing to me how many people in this world think they are open-minded, but they are anything but open-minded, especially when it comes to God. They're very closed-minded. They're not even open to the possibility that God could speak to them. Why? Because they have been brainwashed by this world and our society, and they're closed-minded. It's what Jesus talks about in this first kind of soil. He calls it the wayside soil. He talks about it in verse number five. A sower went out to sow seed, and as he sowed, some of the seed fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and then the birds of the air devoured it. So let's go back in our minds to ancient Palestine. Somebody's got a little plot of land that they're going to turn into their garden so that they can provide food for their family, and in between the rows of vegetables, there's this wayside. It's a path between each row of whatever it is that you're growing, and as workers would walk down the path, it would become trampled down. The soil would get really hard. It, it would be compacted. It would be almost like concrete so that when a seed fell on it, there is no way that seed could take root because the ground would be too, it stomp your foot right now, your right foot Stomp your foot. You're stomping it on concrete, all right? And that's the way that the wayside is. And so that seed is just gonna lay there like it's on concrete until a bird sweeps down and picks it up. Now you've seen this happen. If you've been to a wedding recently, Back in the day, when Miss Angie and I got married, they threw rice on us when we walked out of the church. They just peppered us with rice, and I can remember my cousin, one of my cousins was there, and he had a handful of rice, and he didn't just toss it like, he threw it at me, because back when we were kids, we fought all the time, and he was just getting me back one more time. When you got married, how many of y'all had rice thrown on you? That's what, that's what we used to do, Dallas. But then people who do weddings and put on, got smart because what you'd have to do after you threw the, you'd have to sweep it up, clean it up. People got tired of cleaning up rice, so what do they do now? Bird seed. They throw birdseed. So even if it's on a carport or a dri- driveway, the birdseed falls on the concrete, the hard ground, you don't have to clean it up, why? We have gotten so smart in our modern society. Jesus gives us the meaning of this down in verse 12. He says, those by the wayside are the ones who hear. But then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Do you see that? that the word drops on their heart, but their heart is so hard the devil, like a bird, comes and snatches that seed away. There are two characteristics about wayside soil. It's hardened and it's narrow. Hardened and narrow. Do you know anybody who has a mind like that? Hardened and narrow. Yes, I know a lot of people who have a closed mind. A closed heart, a hard heart, a narrow view of life. They're very, very close to even the possibility of God speaking into their lives. I don't need God and I don't want God. The seed of God can never get through to penetrate into their heart. The point is, sometimes we don't even give God a chance. Our minds are made up, our hearts are hardened so this first kind of soil represents what i'm calling a closed mind the tragedy of a closed mind and a hard heart is it's barren i mean nothing can grow there even if a little seed of the word of god does happen to fall on a closed mind or a hardened heart nothing is going to happen it can't sprout jesus says the the birds of the air just come and eat the seed really what he's saying is this kind of life is for the birds it's useless it's worthless now the immediate application is this Jesus is describing lost people whose hearts are so hard they could care less about God chances are nobody like that is even in this room Why, why would they come to the house of God they don't need God they don't want God They're anti-God. And so if you witness to somebody like this, don't be surprised if they don't sock you in the nose. They're uninterested. They don't care. God's Word can't penetrate their hard hearts. Now, you might have asked the question immediately, well, should we not even witness to people like that? Yes, you should. Because who knows when the Holy Spirit is going to crack open their hearts. And you keep leaving that seed because there might be an opportunity for God's Holy Spirit to use you to get through to their hard heart and their hard mind. I've got a couple of relatives that I pray for every single day. These people are so far from God, they don't want, they've been running from God for years. I know that they know the truth, but they're running in the opposite direction. But you know what? I still pray for them every single day. When I get an opportunity, I'll speak a word to them because they need Jesus. That's the immediate application. But you know what? I think we can also apply this to some of us who are believers because some of you get into a position in life where you just, you know, your heart, your heart gets hard. Maybe somebody has offended you or, or you've had some hard knocks in life and, and all of a sudden you realize that you're cold and indifferent and you come into God's house and we're speaking truth into your life, but you're rejecting that truth. And God is trying to penetrate your heart, but you're not allowing the Word of God into your heart because you've got a closed mind this morning and a cold heart. You're never going to hear from God if your heart is like that. So my challenge to you is make sure your heart is open and your mind is receptive. If you're following this challenge of read it with me in 23, in the morning when you get up to read the Word of God, say, oh God, make my heart soft. Open my mind so that I can understand your word so that it can take root in my life. Number two, if you want to hear God speak to you, you've got to take time to listen. You've got to cultivate an open mind, number one. And number two, you've got to allocate time to listen. That means that you've got to slow down. You've got to make time to be quiet. You've got to put it into your schedule so that you're going to hear from god the first barrier to hearing god speak is resistance the the second barrier to hearing god speak is hurry any of y'all familiar with that word hurry when we live hurried lives god is the first one who gets shuffled to the sidelines When we become consumed with this world, it's God that we put into the back seat. He's the one that gets shortchanged. You know what? We're always in a hurry. We say, God, I want to hear from you, but you know what, Lord, I only have five minutes, so make it quick. And, And God says, I think I'll pass on this one. You know, God wants more than your leftovers. God wants to be the center of your life. And the way that you prove that God is number one in your heart and number one in your life is that you allocate time to listen to him. Here's the second kind of soil that Jesus talks about, verse number six. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Now, most of Israel is a thin layer of topsoil over a bedrock of limestone. It reminds me of my front yard. I kind of live on a hillside, and and right under the surface of my front yard, the dirt that is there, is rock. You go to dig a hole in my front yard, I guarantee you, you're going to hit a rock six inches, three inches, two inches under that topsoil. So in the summertime, the only part of my yard that I'm griping right now, but the only part of my yard that is green is where my lateral lines run. Can anybody relate to that? huh so that's the way it is in israel you got a thin layer of topsoil and rock is underneath it so if you plant something in this rocky soil it's going to sprout up immediately but it can't get its roots down into the ground so it withers and it dies it doesn't last long jesus explains this to us in verse number 13 He says but the ones on the rock are those who when they hear the word receive the word with i like y'all saying this word joy and these have no root they believe for a while and then when temptation comes they fall away jesus says the second kind of soil this shallow soil represents a superficial life sometimes we react superficially to God's Word. We get excited. We react emotionally. We are moved impulsively. But we don't let God's Word sink into the bedrock of our personality. So there's no real change. It's just kind of an emotional reaction that we have. For example, some people can come to church right here at Kavanaugh Church, Second Service, 1030, and they can hear our awesome praise team. And they are awesome. We've got a great praise team. You you don't know the hours of work that these guys have done before Sunday. They don't just come up here on Sunday mornings and, and get all mic'd up and behind the instruments and play these great songs. No, they have worked diligently. They have prayed intensely. And they come in here and they lead us in worship. And let me tell you, it's always good but there are some Sundays, it's just outright amazing, man. And so somebody comes in here on one of those amazing Sundays, and they think, wow, this music is awesome. And I'm preaching, I'm, I'm preaching one of these feel-good messages. I preach about two of them a year. <laughs> and they just happen to catch me on one of those Sundays, and they think, this is absolutely amazing. This is for me But then they come back the next Sunday, and maybe the praise team isn't clicking on all cylinders, and I preach on tithing, and they leave mad, or they walk out the door, and there's no change in their life. They're still walking down the same old path that they've been on. They're no different. You see, what's happened to them is this. They were thrilled in the moment, but they were not transformed. They were emotionally moved, but then they didn't do anything about it. They are superficial people. They don't have any depth because they will not allow the Word of God to penetrate down into the bedrock of their personality and change their life. And notice what Jesus said. They received this Word with joy. Initially, they're going, wow, this is great, this is awesome, But then they walk out the door and they forget everything that they've heard immediately. They never allow the Word of God to change them. Why does that happen? Well, one of the reasons it happens is because we just forget, don't we? I'm not going to go on until somebody says, yes, we do. How do I know that we forget? Well, because the United States Air Force did a study. Not long ago, and they discovered that we forget 95% of what we hear within 72 hours of hearing it. Now, guys, can I tell you something? That is a very depressing statistic for a pastor. Because I've prepared all of these little golden nuggets to throw out in front of you, realizing that by Wednesday, you've forgotten everything that I've said. Notice it says, these have no root. They believe for a while, and then in time of temptation, they fall away. Again, they are not deep people. They're shallow, they're superficial. They believe for a short time. They're fair weather believers. They believe for a while, but then when the hot winds of testing blow, they wither. When temptation comes, they walk away. When problems come and when the heat's on, they just dry up and blow away. So the question is, how do you get beyond that? Because I don't want to be that kind of person, do you? How do you stop being a superficial person? How do you get spiritual depth into your life? How do you develop some deep spiritual roots? And again, literally, Jesus is talking about somebody who is unsaved, They hear the Word of God, they think it's great, but then troubles come and they just walk away. They've they've really not been transformed. But you know what? Again, the application is here for those of us who are believers. Because there are some of you in this room who were saved five years, 10 years, 20 years ago, but you've not really been transformed by the Word of God. God. You've never allowed God's Word to grow deep in your life to change you from the inside out. You're still a very superficial, shallow person. How do we know that? Well, because you wear your feelings on your sleeve when you come to church and you're offended by everything. Mm, that hurt, didn't it? I didn't say that in the first service. I it just kind of came over me. Yeah. So how do you get beyond that? how how do we get some spiritual depth to our lives let me just throw a couple of things out that are real practical I say these all the time and I know you get sick of hearing them but but here they are because they're fundamental one of the one of the main ways you do that is that you schedule a time with God every day again I'm using the word allocate because you work it into your schedule every day you are getting time with god every day you are having a quiet time with god you're reading it with me in 23 and it's not something you're just checking off your list you're really reading the word of god you're sitting down with god's word saying god i want i want you to speak to me today i need to grow i'm having problems in this area of my life and i need some deep answers to the problems i'm facing let your word speak to me god And you listen to the Word of God. Every day you're doing that. Now, wouldn't it be crazy, just be absolutely crazy for you to go through a day, two days, three days, a whole week without eating any food? I'm looking at you. None of y'all have been doing that lately. Because it's crazy. You have to have food for energy. Right? To live, you got to have food. we all understand that it's basic knowledge you don't eat you die so it is with god's word this is our spiritual food every day you need to be taking it in you want to be a great christian a strong christian same way with lifting weights in order to get big you got to eat big in order to get big you got to lift big Well, if you want to be a great Christian, you're going to have to do the same thing with God's Word. Every day you schedule a time with God and you take God's Word in. No matter what else happens in a day, you get time with God. It becomes a priority. And when that happens, let me tell you, you're going to have some deep roots in your life spiritually. Second thing you do is you get involved in church. You're you're not only here every Sunday morning, but you come back maybe on Wednesday night. You get involved in a C group. We're about to kick C groups off again. Why? Because you understand Hebrews 10, 25. Don't give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, encourage one another and grow. Number three. If you want to get close to God and hear God, you need to eliminate the distractions. You can't hear God when your mind is crowded with other thoughts and worries and anxieties. You can't hear God when your mind is just filled with you, your plans, your ambitions, your dreams, your activities. You can't hear God when your mind is filled with the noise of this world The TV, the radio, the internet, your cell phone. When all of this noise is going on, you're not going to hear God. And that's the third kind of soil. Jesus calls it the soil of weeds or thorny ground. Look at verse 7. And some fell among thorns or weeds, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Now, I want you to notice this seed did take root. It did start growing. But before it could bear fruit, the weeds grew up with it and choked it out and killed it. Verse 14, he tells us the meaning of this. Now, the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares, the riches, and the pleasures of this life. And they bring no fruit to maturity. So the first barrier to hearing God is resistance. We don't want to hear him. The second barrier is hurry. The third barrier here is just busyness. You can get so distracted and so busy that you don't have time to hear God. A lot of people confuse activity with productivity, and they are not the same. You can always be on the go, but you can be going in circles and you're really not making any progress. There's no fruit in your life. The, bi- the Bible calls these people the choked out people, the people who have weeds in their life. Jesus says the distractions that you allow in your life are like weeds that grow up in your soul and they choke your ability to hear from God. And he literally names three of them the cares, the riches, and the pleasures of this life and I tell you they will choke God out every single time let me ask you a question how much effort does it take to grow weeds good none weeds are a sign of neglect it takes absolutely no effort to grow weeds and with that in mind I could be a professional weed farmer how about you because you don't have to do anything they just grow. Roses. Roses, on the other hand, man, you got to cultivate those things, water them, put fertilizer out, prune them, pamper them, and they, they still have a hard time growing. Are you with me? But a weed, dude, just ignore it and watch it grow. Whenever you neglect your time with God in a daily quiet time, whenever you neglect coming to church and being involved with other believers, guess what? weeds are going to start growing in your life it may not be these three that he mentioned the cares the riches and the pleasures of this world but there will be some weeds growing in your life so this soil with weeds represents a preoccupied mind a busy mind you're just too preoccupied with the world to give god a care in the old testament there was this guy named elijah and one day Elijah wanted to hear God, and he was up on this mountain, and he said, God, speak to me. I want to hear from you. And so God puts on this incredible show. First of all, God sends this huge, massive wind. It comes roaring through the canyon, but you know what? God wasn't in the wind. Second thing is, God sent an earthquake. It shook the whole mountain. Rocks were falling everywhere, but God was not in the earthquake. Third thing was a great fire, a forest fire. It went up that mountain and consumed everything, but God wasn't in the fire. God finally spoke to Elijah in a whisper. It was a still, small voice. God didn't speak in the loud things. He spoke in a whisper. You you know what's wrong with a whisper? You've got to be real quiet to hear it, don't you? And therein lies the problem. We don't like to be quiet. Can I tell you something that's going to shock you, maybe rock your little world? God has been trying this entire past week to speak to you, but you haven't been quiet enough to hear him I'm telling you Wes we don't like it being quiet I mean I don't like it quiet we're we sit in the kitchen to eat around the table and I tell Siri Siri play whatever BJ Thomas anybody remember BJ Thomas because I can't stand the silence driving some of you crazy, isn't it? It's only been a few seconds. What, what if we were quiet in here for five minutes? Some of you would get up and leave because you can't stand it. The only time you're quiet is when you're asleep and you're not really quiet then because you're snoring. Eh? <laughs> People can't handle silence, yet it is in quietness that God says, hey, I've got something to say to you. And he whispers. God doesn't shout. God doesn't write it in the sky. He doesn't go, This is God. He whispers. And you've got to be quiet enough to hear him. Number four if you want to hear from God, you just need to do what he says. I cultivate an open mind, number one. I allocate time to listen, number two. I eliminate the distractions, number three. And number four, I cooperate with whatever it is he tells me to do. And that's what he's describing in verse number eight. It's the good ground. The ground that allows the seed to penetrate and it grows and it produces a hundredfold. This is very, very important, church. God speaks to the person who decides in advance to do whatever it is God is telling them to do. So here is your response. You're saying, yes, God. When you sit down, before you even read one word of Scripture, before you have the first prayer, you say to God, yes, God. Before you even tell me what you want me to do, I am telling you, God, yes. The answer is yes, Whatever this book tells me to do today, I'm going to do it. Whatever your Holy Spirit says for me to do, I'm going to do it. Why? Because here's what I know, God. Number one, you're God and I'm not. You know what's best for my life. You made me. You, you know what I don't know. You know what's going to happen today, what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen this next week. You, you can see it before I can see it. And God, I know you love me. And I know you care about me and you're a whole lot smarter than I am. So, Lord, I'm just going to tell you in advance, whatever it is you want me to do, the answer is yes. I'm going to tell you in advance, I'm going to do whatever it is you say for me to do. Can I tell you something? When you have that attitude and you pray that kind of prayer, God is going to speak to you. This is what the Bible calls good ground. Look at verse 15. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, they keep it and bear fruit with patience. I'm I'm almost finished. Almost finished. We've learned the the four different kinds of soil that the word of God is going to fall on. This, This soil represents the human heart. It can be a hard, barren heart where the word can't penetrate and change the person. It could be the the thorny ground where the thorns come up and and choke it out. It it, it could be that very shallow, rocky ground where it sprouts up and then it dies away. Or it can be the good ground. And I, I don't know about you, but for me, that's what I want my heart to be. Because let me tell you, life is tough. And I need God's help. And the way I get God's help is through God's word. So I want my heart to be receptive so his word can take root and grow and I can become the person God intended me to be. So if you haven't gotten anything else, I want you to write these four things down. These are the four marks of good ground. This is what your heart needs to be. Number one... You need to hear the Word of God. So again, in the morning, when you sit down for your quiet time, read it with me in 23, before you read a word, I want you to pray this prayer. Lord, help me to hear it. I I don't want to be doing this just to mark something off my to-do list. I really want you to speak to me, and I want to hear the Word of God. And so you listen to God speaking to you as you read the Word of God. Number two, you retain it you remind yourself of what you've read throughout the day you keep it fresh on your mind you know if you're like me you're going to have to take some notes because i'm super forgetful i'm starting to forget stuff i don't probably shouldn't tell this story but i told first service and they might talk to you about it so you need to hear it too yesterday i was up at the church and angie called me and said when you when you come home stop at harps get some sandwich stuff because we're going to have sandwiches i got the bread we need lunch meat and cheese And so I stopped at Harps, I got turkey and chicken, lunch meat, I got two kinds of cheese, sharp cheddar and and pepper jack. And then I got some fritos. Because I like fritos. I take them home, put them on the counter, say, hey babe, I, I I got lunch here for you, let me make you a sandwich. She said, I'll make my own. And so I'm getting things ready, opening the turkey, opening the ham, I have the sharp cheddar, and I pull that little zip thing on it. You know how they have it sealed? Ronnie, you know what I'm talking about. You just pull the little red zip thing, and you can open it. So I pulled that one, and I pick up the, the pepper jack, and Ronnie, it's already been pulled off. The zip thing's already been pulled. I'm freaking out. I'm getting mad. Angie, come here. Look at this. Somebody in hearts pulled this little zip cord because it's already open. I didn't do that. She said, you sure? I said, oh, no, I didn't. I mean, I just, it, it's only been a minute ago that I pulled the one off the Sharp Cheddar and, it, and I, I was looking around for the zip that I'd taken off, and it wasn't on the counter, so I didn't put it in the trash can, but I went over and it, and there it was. There were actually two of them in there. I had opened both of them, but I didn't remember opening both of them. Dude, are you kidding me? You owe people, is this what happens when you get over 60? (laughs) Huh? My point is this, you not only hear it, you retain it. If you've got to make notes, make notes. Make mental notes. Put them on your phone. Write it on paper. Remember what God said to you after you've read his word. And then number three, this is imperative, you obey it. You flesh it out, you do it. So if you read something in the Word of God and it tells you to do something, you just go out that day and do it. You flesh it out. You obey it. You live it. You allow it to change you and conform you into the person God wants you to be. And then number four, you keep doing it. You persist in it until you bear fruit. Why? Because that seed has to take root in your heart. It's got to run down deep into your soul so that eventually fruit is going to be produced in your life and you actually become the person that God intended you to be. So do you want to hear from God? Do you really? Then hear it. Retain it. Obey it. And let God produce fruit in your life. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads right now. We're about to have what we call an invitation. I'm going to invite you to come and pray at the altar. Maybe you're here this morning and you have realized that your heart is like one of those first three soils. You've never allowed the word of God to change you. And this morning you've heard the word of truth and you realize I need to be saved i need to give my heart to jesus would you do that today just come on down to the altar one of our pastors will help you to pray the prayer to invite jesus into your life if you're here today and you are a believer man i don't know you you, why don't you come and just pray that prayer right here at the altar lord i'm going to say yes to you i'm going to read your word today i'm going to read it in the morning and And Lord, I want you to know that whatever it is you tell me through your word and by your spirit, I'm going to do it. Wherever you say for me to go, whatever you say for me to do, whatever you say for me to say, Lord, I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell you in advance, I'm going to be obedient to you. Amen. If you really want to hear God and have him transform your life, it begins with obedience. Could be that you're here today and you just need to come and pray about some things in your life or your family. God is here. He wants to hear from you. Use this time wisely and come to him. Heavenly Father, help us to stand up, step out and come to you today. I pray dear Lord that we would we would turn our hearts on and tune our minds into you and allow you to speak to us this morning. In Jesus name we pray. Would you stand heads bowed, eyes closed. This team's going to sing. As soon as you stand up, come on, step out. Jesus is waiting for you. thank you for your word and thank you for the holy spirit who takes the word of god and speaks it into our hearts i pray dear lord that we would take uh, really serious this reading it in 23 that we would read our bibles every day that we would get into your presence and allow your holiness to rub off on our lives Help us, dear Lord, to be the people that you've created us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen, amen. Read it with me in 23, will you? Let's do that together. Come back next week. I've got another sermon on the Bible and how incredible this book is it will speak into your life and it will change you when you walk out the door this morning if you're a church member make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes come back on wednesday at seven o'clock we've got classes for all ages next wednesday the 18th we've got this church-wide chili supper it's a fundraiser for two puerto rico trips uh This year in a couple of months we've got a construction crew going to Puerto Rico and then we have a missions group that's going to go and and spoil those kids in Pastor Jose's Christian school and uh, they're raising some additional funds through a chili supper. Ten dollars to eat chili and have a good time. You can buy your ticket right outside this door on the far wall. They're selling them. Or if you want to enter the chili cook-off competition... You can sign up on one of the iPads, and then we're gonna have a pie auction. A real auctioneer is gonna come and auction these pies off. This, this is incredible to me, and, and I said this on Wednesday night, but this just kinda of blows my mind. Here's what we're asking. Number one, you make the chili, okay? You make the chili. Number two, you buy a ticket to eat the chili you've made. Number three, you bake a pie auction it off, but then come prepared to spend a whole lot of money on somebody else's pie. I don't, It's a win-win-win-win for us, all right? But it's all for what it's for. It's for the people of Puerto Rico. So plan on being here and participating in that. Naomi's Friends, if you want more information about Naomi's Friends, see Chris Ewing. Uh, it's for ladies who have lost their, their husbands. They are going to be meeting at 1 o'clock tomorrow at Eunice's and having a time of fellowship. I want you to pray for some specific people in our church who have lost loved ones over the past week and a half. Tim Stell lost his stepdad. Billy Cotter lost his stepmom. Joy Ragsdale lost her dad. And then Darla Melton lost her mother. So pray for these families as they grieve the loss of a loved one. Let's pray for each other. Oh boy, okay. Yes? Yes. Let's do that. Y'all, is everybody okay? Get out of here. Go ahead. Have a good day.